Praise the Lord. We'll get started here. Good morning. Before you're seated, hi Rob, hi Sharon. Hey, before you're seated, if you don't have one of these cards, it says uh, Total Impact 2018 Awakening. If you do not have one of those cards, lift up your hands and Larry is going to bring one to you. Praise the Lord. Here's one right here. If you do not have one of these cards, hey, uh, I need some legs here. Give me some legs. Give me some legs. <laughs> oh, we're getting your wife come up here. No. <laughs> right in the back? Yeah. <laughs> Anybody else need one of these? 2018. Hallelujah. Good to see you, William and Maritza. Nice to see you guys. Praise the Lord. Hey, something I'm excited about, and they may all three be here, but I see two people out of the three that gave their hearts to the Lord back in church today. That's always good. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So everybody's got that card, amen? All right. A little bit of clarity. Josh did good. How many got one of these books last week? You got one of these books last week. How many did not bring it this week? And you've picked up another one. Lift up your hand if you did not. And you picked up another one. All right. If you did that, who has not gotten one of these books, period? Who has not gotten one of these books? All right. Some of you guys that have one at home and you accidentally got another one, if you could give it to that person because you've got one at home. Anybody else did not overhear one? All right. Even if we have to share it first, Jeremy, we'll make some more. So everybody either has one of these at home, right? How many's got one of these at home? How many uh, has here and you do not have one? You have not gotten one of these books. Anybody? All right, that's good, because we're going to use this in the sermon today towards the end. Amen. So we've got that, and we've got the card. Praise the Lord. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you that this is going to be the greatest year yet for all of us, Lord. And Father, we thank you that as we grow in the Lord, we continue to grow. We don't plateau and we don't go down. We continue to move forward to you, Lord. And Father, I thank you that those that hunger and thirst after righteousness will be filled. Father, I pray that, that, that those that delight themselves in the Lord, he will give them the desires of our heart. Lord, we delight ourselves in you today. Father, we bless you today, and we are hungry for you in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Are you ready for that awakening this 2018? Are you ready for that? It could be an awakening to a dead and lifeless relationship with God. How many may say sometimes that relationship can get a little dead? It can get a little cold. There can be an awakening to that today, amen? There can be an awakening to a vision or a dream that you might have in your heart and it seems to be stepped on. Anybody ever had a dream or a vision stepped on or, or the devil tried to snuff it out? How many know that God can bring an awakening moment to that this year? Amen? There can be an awakening to an, a marriage that's on the rock. There can be a, a, an awakening to a relationship that might not be going real well. There could be an awakening. How many have a son or a daughter that's away from the Lord? How many have a friend or a loved one or somebody at work that doesn't know Jesus Christ? Amen? How many say this can be the year of an awakening for those people? Amen? 
How many know that there can be an awakening for our nation? Amen? You know, we've had, uh, we had that downfall since 2008. How many know that we can awaken as a nation? Amen? How many know we can awaken as a church and be that light set on a hill that when people see church on the rock and they see people in church, they're going to want to live for the Lord? How many know that that can be an awakening? How many know that there can be an awakening to God first living? How many say, man, sometimes God isn't first. He's second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, or eighth. How many know there can be an awakening to God first living? How about that sin or that belittle, that, that thing that just keeps getting you all the time? How many of you go in a cycle and you do real well, and then all of a sudden you hit this certain point where you get to this certain point, and every time you get to that point, you plummet back down? How many know you can break through that point this year? There can be an awakening. You don't have to continue those cycles that take you down. How many know there can be an awakening to the life mission that God has called you to do in this world? Amen? I believe that. There's an awakening. Romans chapter 12 verse 11 says this. It says, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. How many have enthusiasm in your heart for the Lord? How many have excitement and expectancy and anticipation in our hearts? Amen. I believe that God is looking for people that will serve Him enthusiastically. You know, there's an enemy out there. There's a destroyer of our life, and he has to be defeated. The Scripture says this, that that enemy, here's the enemy's, the thief's purpose is this. Here's the purpose of our enemy. To steal, to steal from you. How many tired of getting stolen from? The purpose of the enemy is to steal from us, to kill us. I prayed with somebody today. I, I went up to somebody and said, How's your, how was your Christmas? And, and I, I knew they were either real sick or something was real wrong. And as I kept talking, I noticed that it was something was real wrong. And there were great big tears in the eyes. I said, brother, something's wrong. Tell me what's going on. Let me pray with you. Let me be your pastor this morning. How many know everybody needs a pastor sometimes? Everybody needs a friend. Amen? So uh, when he started, he said, man, one one of my good friends committed suicide. Committed suicide. Man, we got to get to the point. And I told that brother that there's no condemnation because sometimes the enemy would be like, why didn't you do something? Why didn't you do something? But in in the same note, we have to have our head on a spindle. To think that, so, that people were so discouraged and so down over this Christmas holiday to take a, their own life. The enemy is out to steal. He prays for keeps. He is out to kill you. If you have an alcohol problem or a drug problem or, or any type of a depression problem, that enemy is out to take and stick your head down and mash it in the ground. He is out to kill, steal, and destroy you. But Jesus said, my purpose is to give them a rich and a satisfying life. How many say that you're satisfied in the Lord? And there's a richness in the Lord. The enemy's out. His his purpose is to kill, steal, and destroy. The enemy's out to rob you of your faith. To rob you of your faith. In Luke chapter 18, verse 8, it says, When the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? How many has ever got to a place that you just lose faith? You've, you've toiled, you've pushed, you've believed. Come on, how many's ever got to that point where you're like, man, I'm losing faith in this thing. 
God, where are you? Is this even real? The enemy is out to steal your faith to where you get to a, to a point where you wonder if it's worth going on. The enemy's a prowling lion. The scripture says, stay alert. Watch out for him, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion for someone that he can devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. The enemy is a vulture that flies around. And he looks for the dead carcass. Just like there's a dead carcass on a road. How the fowls of the air, they, they roam around and they try to, to they land and to eat a dead carcass. The enemy smells death. The enemy smells depression. The enemy smells in you when you're losing faith and you're losing hope. He smells that and you become a prey to the enemy. Where, where the carcass is, is where the enemy is at. The enemy attacks the people that are weak. A lot of times when, when we get to a play, place of, of, of weakness, or, or, or we're, the first thing we do is we pull away. We pull away from our wife, or we pull away from our husband, or we pull away from our relationships. We, 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 attendance to church starts to get sporadic because the enemy knows that if he can get you isolated, that he can get you where he wants you to be. The Bible says that, that never forget what the Amalekites did to you in Deuteronomy 25, 17, and 18. What they did to you when you were coming out of Egypt. Remember when the children of Israel were coming out of Egypt? God said, never forget what the Amalekites did to you. They attacked you when you were exhausted. They attacked you when you were weary. They struck you down because you were straggling behind. Have you ever felt like you were straggling behind? Have you ever felt like, felt like you got caught, cut off from the hole? Have you ever felt isolated and alone? That's just that place that the destroyer of your life wants to get you. So he, the thief's purpose is to kill, steal, and destroy. The thief's purpose is to rob you of faith in God. The, the, the thief is the, the enemy's a prowling lion. He's a vulture. He attacks the weak. But I'll tell you, 2018 is a time to take back what the devil has stolen from you. Amen. Amen. I believe that. It's a time to take back. You may have had a mother load of storms this past year. You may have had a mother load of chaos. You may have had a mother load of trouble with your, with your marriage or your kids or your business or relationships or finances. You may have got that mother load opinion from the doctor that told you you had a certain illness you may have, have had that bad report a sickness you may have a, a mother load of an emotional pain you know what I've had two people come up and tell me that there's an individual where, where, where is uh, uh, Sylvia's sister Marjorie Marjorie she's uh, using Marjorie stand right here a second she, she's using, a, she's actually one of our Hispanic, notice she's got this, these things are so cool, look at this, she's got a deal in her ear, everybody look over your left shoulder back there at Sylvia, she's interpreting to a Hispanic converse, congregation right here in Church on the Rock, I think that's really cool, but listen, come here Marjorie, Marjorie had a bad report, had a bad report from the doctor. And uh, she's been worrying about it, and, and constantly, it's in her mind, it's in her mind, it's in her mind. And you know, uh, it, it came in her mind how she had carried 
unforgiveness for years and years and years. Hey, do you know before church today, she got rid of all of that unforgiveness and gave it to the Lord today. Amen? And we're believing for your total healing. Amen. Everybody stretch your arm this way. Father, we thank you for her freedom. We thank you for her freedom. We thank you for her freedom. And Lord, we thank you that by your stripes we are healed. Lord, you healed her emotionally today. And Lord, we pray that, that, that she would kick off, Marjorie would kick off our 21 days of prayer. And she would be, she is that first miracle of getting that emotional healing. But Lord, we thank you for her physical healing in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. The devil's a destroyer, but God is a restorer. There's an awakening to all those things, all those that I brought up. I don't need to run through them and hype the service up. But there is a restoring to a dead marriage, a wayward son, a relationship, a dying business. There's an awakening. There's a restoring of God first living. There's a restoring of righteousness. How many of you just have felt like that you are a slave to sin, a slave to a particular thing? There is a restoring and an awakening to righteousness this year. The Bible says that a bruised reed and a smoking candle, the Lord will never crush it out. In Matthew 12, 20, he will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. You know, sometimes I, you, you get to a place where you're, you feel like you're just barely flickering. If you were a fire, you even wonder if there's any fire left. It just seems like there's a smoldering. And it, like a campfire. But you know, if we, God will never take water and He'll put that out, but He'll always move and brush those embers. And He'll always try to blow on that fire. The scripture says, I remember your genuine faith, that you share your faith with Grant, your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice in 2 Timothy 1 5 and 6. And I now know that same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you. To fan the flames, fan into flame the spiritual gift that God gave you when I laid hands on you. How many know that God wants to fan the flame on those that are flickering? He may fan the flame on a gift. You, you, you put whatever it is. Whatever seems like it's smoldering. And there's no heat anymore. And there's no fire. God fans the flame. He brings it back. He'll bring that fire back in your life. I believe that. That bruised reed, I always think of um, I always think of that guy on Karate Kid when they broke in and they broke in and they took that I didn't have this in my notes to think of it, but what was it? A bonsai tree. How they took it and broke it in, in half. You may be a bon, bonsai tree that the enemy just breaks it in, in half. And you may need a Mr. Miyagi to put you together, to tenderly put the tape around you, to maybe put a brace up beside you till your roots can get back in, to water you, to fertilize you. That's what it means when it says a bruised reed. He'll never just throw you out. How many know God doesn't throw people out? Even, even Peter, even Peter, the Bible says... Um, Jesus went up to Peter in uh, Luke, I think, chapter 22, but he said this. He said, Peter, Peter, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to have you, 
Satan's desired to have you, that he might sift you as wheat. But he said, but I've prayed for you that your faith would not fail. And then immediately it says this, and when thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. Now, isn't that kind of weird that first Jesus comes and says, and says, hey, Sean, I'm praying for you. Satan's desired to have you. I mean, put your own name in there. Put your own name in there. Satan's desired to have you. Michelle, Satan's desired to have you. Whatever your name is, put your, Satan's desired to have you, that he might sift you. But I prayed for you. I've prayed for you. You know, Hebrews says that Jesus Christ, I think it's Hebrews 7.25, that says he ever liveth to make intercession for his saints. Jesus lives to pray for you, to restore you. Satan's desired to have you, but I prayed for you that your faith won't fail. Guys, I, I, this has come in my mind three or four times, and so I'll kind of throw it out there. But when I had my breakdown three years ago, that was what the devil tried to get from me. There, there were days where I didn't know if it was daytime or nighttime. And I was, and I was at, at the motel and just trying to be restored in my heart and, and stuff like that. And the enemy kept challenging faith, faith, faith. And, and, I, and, and I never in my life had to fight for faith like I fought that time. The devil's out to, if he can take your faith. The Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. How I many you know that when your hope is deferred, it, you're not getting it at the timing that you want it or when you want it. It's deferred. Hope de- deferred makes the heart grow sick. It makes you feel sick in physically. It makes you feel sick spiritually and mentally and emotionally. Amen. But how many know that also that Jesus says that he's the restorer of the soul? Amen. He says that in James, that he's the restorer of the soul. And also in Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me where it says, he leads me beside the still waters. Immediately it says, he restores my soul. What is your soul? Your soul is your mind, your thoughts, your will, and your emotions. Are your emotions kind of messed up? Is your will and your motivation lacking hey sometimes it's, sometimes you hear, see all these people like woohoo we're going on a 21 day fast is everybody enthusiastic are you serving the lord with enthusiasm are you serving the lord with excitement you know we get up here and do that and we become a cheerleader up here but how many know sometimes you don't feel enthusiastic you, you don't feel you don't have that emotion of that you're, you're lacking that there, there's like a deadness or a coldness guys the Lord can restore emotions that have been damaged Amen. the Lord can restore memories of, of, of the past so that you can go forward the Lord can restore uh, uh, things that have tripped you up and messed you up from for years the Lord is a restorer of your emotions he's a, a restorer of your thoughts and he's also a restorer He's a restorer of your emotions and your thoughts and your will. Do you know, this is a scripture you need to know. Philippians 2.13. The scripture says, God takes care of everything for us. I use this one a lot. It says, 
the, the scripture says that, that God will give you both the will and the do of his good pleasure. It says it like that. He will give you both the will. Anybody ever lack will? Anybody ever foul up a diet because of will? Anybody ever mess up exercise because of will and motivation? Anybody said, I'll never do it again, Lord, and will and motivation. How many say that that will only take you so far, determination and will? I remember one time the Lord spoke to me and he said, Brian, I give you an A for effort. By God, I try as hard as I can. But there's times when the trier isn't there. There's times when the goer isn't there. There are times when the motivator. There's times we all get in funks. Anybody ever been in a funk? In those times, remember me saying this from the pulpit. Where you flip to Philippians 2.13 and you help yourself out. And you say, the Lord is the giver of the will and the do of his good pleasure. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap for that. He's the giver of the will and the do. But isn't that funny? He said, Simon Sighton, I prayed for you that your faith wouldn't fail. And then he said, when you are converted. Does that tell you that Christ knew that he was going to go down the wrong road? That he was going to fail? But Christ let him fail forward. Brothers and sisters, the way we learn and the way we get experience is through failure sometimes. But we've got to learn to let Christ get us to fail in a forward motion. He failed forward. He said, when you're converted, what it was is, if you're wondering what it was that Peter did, the Lord said, you're going to deny me three times. I'll never deny you, Lord. Peter, you are. Satan's desire to have you, he'd sift you. Did Peter deny the Lord three times? And what happened when he denied the Lord three times? When he denied the Lord three times, Jesus said, when the cock crows is when you've denied me the third time. What Peter hear when he denied the Lord the third time? You all believe that? How many believe it, that the Bible's 100% accurate? That means, cock-a-doodle-doo! And you know, one of, the, one of the translations does this. That when the cock crowed, it says that Peter fastened his eyes on Jesus. Out of everything that was going on in that trial, and all those hundreds and maybe thousands of people around there, Jesus heard the crow, and he forgot about everything he was going through, and he went like this. And he fastened his eyes on Peter. And Peter took off running. I don't know about you. I've had moments like that in my life. I was going to say a moment, but there's not just been one. How many have failed the Lord and the cock crowed and Jesus was going like this at you? And then you ran. But then also Jesus said, hey, when you go get the disciples together, Jesus said this. I don't remember who he told it to, but he said this. He said, Go and get, go tell my disciples and Peter that I'm going to be at such and such a place. Isn't that cool, the personalization? Peter, devil's desire to have you. Cock a doodle doo. Eyes fastened. When you're converted, strengthen the brethren. Hey, when you go get my disciples, make a special um, 
Invitation. Invite. Let Peter know I want him there. How many knows God wants you there? Are you all with me? Amen. It's going to be your best year yet. I assure you, I want to give you three things that's going to make it your best year. I assure you, this will be the best year ever. It's the best year ever spiritually. Let me do that again. I assure you, this will be your best year ever. I did a lot better on that video they did. This will be your best year ever if it's your best year spiritually. Woo! How many know sometimes it comes with the emotion and sometimes it don't? Is our religion with emotions? Is our relationship with emotions or is it with truth? The truth is we're going to have our best year ever if we have our best year spiritually. How many want to have your best year ever? For that to happen, you need to have your best year spiritually. You need to have your best year spiritually. Three things on that. Happiness in life is not in need, but it's in order. Too many people think that happiness in life is more of this or that, more money, better transportation, better job, better home. Uh, uh, if my marriage was a little bit stronger, if things were going better, things, it's just got to get better, greater this, greater that. They think happiness in life is about more, better, or greater. In God's divine order, when that's intact and all those needs are met, when order's restored is when blessing's released. Where the blessing is, is when there's an order, an order. And that order, that order is that God first living. Brothers and sisters, we need to get the order this year. We need to get the divine order down so that God's blessing can be released. That God's first in everything. Uh, Daniel Webster said this, If we abide by the principles taught in the Bible, our country will go on prospering and prospering. But if we neglect its instruction and its authority, no man can tell how sudden a catastrophe may overwhelm us and bury all the glory of America into obscurity. Daniel Webster said that. If we, if we want something new, something exciting to happen in our life, we have to create space for that. The next 21 days, what we're doing is we're creating space for God in our life. We have to create some space. I used to play um, guard on a football team on the line. And you can think of the best athletes. But if that line doesn't create the hole, that athlete can't get through the hole. So linemen create a space or they create a hole so that talented athlete can go through it. Allison and Steven, you guys are going to have your baby in February? I mean, you've probably created a space at your home for your new baby that's going to be born. you got to create a space for that new thing that, want, that, that you want to happen in your life. In football, you have to create a space for that athlete to run through that hole. In the home, they have to create a space for that new baby to come home to. If you guys want something new in your life... You want new beginnings, you want change, you have to create a space for that. Are you all with me? You have to create a space. As we anticipate God bringing his power, his passion, and his blessing, we must create some space for that new and fresh thing in 2018. Three space makers we create is when you pray, when you pray, Matthew 6, 5 through 6, when you fast, Matthew 6, 17, and 18. And when you give. 
All three of those, all three of those, it says when you fast, when you pray, when you give. It doesn't say if you fast, if you pray, if you give. It says when you fast, when you pray, when you give. In other words, you're making that space. When you do that, when you do that, it says, it says do it in secret. Are you all with me? So this next 21 days, when you pray, when you fast, and when you give of yourself, it says do it in secret. All three of those say it in Matthew 6. It says do it in secret. And it says the, the Lord that sees you do that in secret will reward you openly. You all believe that? So if we'll take 21 days... And create a space. We'll create a space. We'll take 21 days and we'll, and we'll talk about the prayer in a minute. We'll take 21 days with the, with, with the, when we pray. We'll take 21 days when we fast. We'll take 21 days when we give. We'll do it in secret. But the Lord who sees that in secret, he'll reward that effort openly. I believe that. I believe that word. I, 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 I experienced that two times last year. I did a 21-day fast twice last year. And both times, see the second one, you didn't even know I did it because you do it in secret. You pray in secret. You fast in secret. You give in secret. Like even with the giving, even with the giving, I want to challenge everybody because um, if you read, I'm going to get on that in just a second. So, so um the three space makers are praying, fasting, and giving. When we put God first, value-driven living in life, then other components of life just line up. Matthew six thirty three: Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Okay? So to me, it's three things. It's creating a space. It's seeking God first. Now, if everybody will grab this sheet right here, this one right here. What I want to do with the remainder of the time that I have. I want to set everybody up. I want to set everybody up to succeed. All right, if, if you... Again, I want, to, I want to do this. These books aren't good. These books are excellent. Please get a hold of one of these books. Please get a hold of one of these books. And let me um, check off something else that might be in people's head. You don't have to start your fast today. I started my fast yesterday. Okay? Carmen and I started yesterday. You may not start today, and you may not start tomorrow. Um, that's Okay. You may not, there will be people not starting until next Sunday because we don't have everybody here today. In fact, this is an amazing crowd for New Year's Eve. Do you know churches didn't even have New Year's Eve services? I, I was talking around, I was like, pastor's like, yeah, we're not having church. I was like, what? Really? I guess I'm old school. I'm like, open the doors. I mean, we're having church, amen? And look how many of you guys came. So, um, but, but anyway, um, make sure you get one of these books. It doesn't matter when you start your fast. Everybody with me on that? It doesn't matter. In fact, we put 21 days, 
and, and it's, it's, it's growing every week, and, and we're going to do the best we can to make an impact for, for you in the next 21 days, leading in the revival and all that. But I, I'm probably going to go the whole month. Um, I, I'm probably going to go whole I've kind of dedicated January to get, get on track on some things. So, so don't get locked in that, you're, that if you don't do it at this certain time or stuff that you've missed out. Everybody with me? So um, this book, this book is on the website, right, Braden? Is this book on the website? This book isn't on the website, but that's okay because we're making them hard print. Um, again, how many, well, we won't go through how many's got the books again. But with the books, let me go through this book a little bit, okay? I'm so glad you've decided to participate in the extended time of prayer and fasting. I can assure you that this will be an experience like no other. I found that there's no better way to reset my spiritual compass and bring about a refreshing in every area of my life and commitment than through a season of time of prayer and fasting. That's right in our books on page 5. Your 21-day plan, or it may be a month plan, or some of you may even go into February. Some of you may go 40-day fast. We may do that one. Your 21-day plan is designed to walk you through the daily practices of four things. Experiencing surrender, experiencing passion for God, experiencing God's goodness, and creating God space for God to fill. Every installment of the 21-day plan includes these features. Guys, here it is. Devotional, prayer focus, and the fasting. Okay? So that's all I'm going to read there. Please read the whole thing when you get, get home today. Me and Carmen's been having fun the last three days just reading the book together and, and deciding what we're going to do, okay? Why 21 days? I found that when people read and pray for 21 days in a row, as with most activities done continually, it will become a habit. I'm hoping that we get some kind of a habit going. Are you all with me? What you'll need on your, on your 21 days on page 9. You'll need a Bible. Second paragraph, a personal journal, okay? And then three, three is fast, fasting preparation. In other words, getting your food, deciding which fast you're going to do, and preparing for that fast mentally and the, the physical things you got to do. Page 10, uh, a scratch pad. And the reason I have that scratch pad um, is when I get into prayer, I put a scratch pad and things that try to distract me from praying. I write it down and I remember to take care of it later. And lastly, you need, uh, lastly, you need to choose a place and a time that you're going to do it. Okay, so the, on prayer, on prayer, think about on the prayer part is on page 10 um, in your books. And then also if you would... Mark somewhere that pages 16 through 22 actually give you a model for prayer. So if you don't know how to pray, you can read pages 16 through 21. And that is what, when I became a pastor, I was like, well, a pastor ought to pray. I didn't know how to pray. So I took and I wrote down an outline of how anybody can pray. If you just read that outline... Your mind, will, it'll help you where anybody can pray, okay? So, um, you've got the prayer. Now, on the, on the, um, there are three quick things um, 
So we got the prayer and then the personal devotions. That's spending time in God's Word. Okay? On that one, it's, uh, there are three quick things I'd like to share with you about how to get the most out of your devotion with God. That's page 12 and 13. So every day we're going to read daily. It's better to read. Guys, it's better to read a little every day than to try to knock out two or three hours of reading. I've found out, I mean, some people can do those through the Bibles in the year, but to me, I don't retain it. I've found out it's better to read less and absorb it. Um, Okay? Make it simple and sustainable. That's in your book. So the first thing we want to read daily, and the second thing is we want to read prayerfully. As you're reading, talk to God. And if you pray in the Spirit, I encourage you to pray in the Spirit when you read. Because to me, you're hooked up to the Holy Spirit. And as you're reading, there's like a conversation that's kind of helping interpret what you're reading. Okay? And then three is read with expectation. That you're expecting something. That the Word's going to speak to you. uh, That you're going to think and meditate on its ideas. Again, that's all on page 13. Now look at page 14. When you read the Bible, we use the SOAP method. method. And SOAP is S-O-A-P. S is Scripture. Take notice of which Scriptures. In other words, say you read one chapter a day. Here's something you can do. If you guys get that awakening book, the first thing you do, if you get that awakening book by Stovall Weems, you need to flip to the back of it, and it'll say day one. It gives you 21 days. Read day one, and then, and then it'll give you pages to read in the front of the book. So you're getting a devotion, plus you're reading a little bit in the book every day. So after 21 days, you've read the whole book. I do that book every time I fast. I, I can't um, exhaust it. It, it, it's, it, it. That book is so good. Every time I fast, I don't do it without that awakening book. 21 days. Again, flip to the back of that book. It's Stovall Weems. There, is there any more left back there? How many is left? There's some left back there. If not, go on the internet and get it. You can get used ones cheaper. If you go on, uh, on you can get used ones even. Okay? But go to the back. Read the devotion. It'll get you through the book. Um, that, that's an amazing way to do it. If you're, um, if you're just reading a chapter a day, when you're doing that soap method, when you're just reading a chapter a day and you're doing that soap method, um, what you do if you're reading one chapter is just highlight things that kind of jump off at you. And then after you're done highlighting it, then O is observation. What's God trying to say to me? What's the Holy Spirit trying to reveal to me? And then A is how can I apply what I just read? Okay, and P is you put prayer with what you just read. So you have scripture, observation, application, and prayer. So there's three things we're doing the next 21 days. We're praying daily, we're reading the Bible, and then we're the, last, the, the next thing on the three is the fasting. Now on the fasting, in your book, that's page 25. That's page 25. And the, and the first thing it says is start where you're at. Everybody's going to fast in a different way. Finding your fast zone. Okay, you could read that. And then over here on page 28, it says, choose the type of fast you want to do. Um, And there's different fasts in there. Okay, there's a Daniel fast. There's a juice fast. Some of you guys that work out, 
and, and lift weights and stuff. There's a fast in there designed for people that, that, so you don't have to quit working out to where you can uh, have a fast with your working out. There's a water fast on page 39. There's different kinds of fast. And then there's a total fast. That's when you don't even do water. And then at 33 tells you how to begin and break a fast well. Um, Allison, there's things with people that are pregnant with fasting, how to do it. Um, there's an, on page 34, if you have any kind of diabetes or disorder, it shows you different ways that you can still participate in fasting. Okay, I love page 37. 37, there's, there's some sample of what your fast can look like if you're doing a fruits and vegetable juices and water fast. It gives a menu on if you're doing a liquid only. That liquid only, I think, for you guys that get in the gym, I think it's the liquid only that for you guys that are busting the weights. And then a Daniel fast, there's a menu in there. And then um, <coughs> there's some final tips, okay? <coughs> Excuse me. And then page uh, 42 and 43 is a calendar. I think this is real important in fasting. Um, what you can do is you can plan for your fasting week. It gives you a part, like if you're doing a, a vet, fruits and vegetables, you can write what you need to pick up. But on day one, you can write in there. It's fun to check it off. I did it. I got day one. I got day two. But it, just, it helps me to have a calendar and to see how I'm progressing and to see. So that calendar, I think, is real important. Okay? Now... Again, this book, I, I do want to do this one more time. Um, who, has, who, who, who has no way, who, who does not have one of these books? You don't have one at home and you didn't get one here. Does anybody not have one at home and you did not get one here? Because we still got some more. Does anybody have? Okay. Because we'll make more this week. So everybody here is telling me, that wants to participate says, I have this book, either at home or here. Okay? That's good. Now, the next thing I want to do is grab this card. I want to set you up for total impact. Again, I want to reiterate, you may not start fast until next week. You may not start fast until after the new year. Don't, don't think you have to start today or you can't play. All right? We can all do this. We're going to be in it together. But here, here's what it looks like. Um, Carmen, do I have my sheet of paper of what that I was going to do? What I did is I took, what do I want to happen through my fast? Is that in there? Maybe in the front? Just cards. Just cards. Hey, thank, guys, thank you for all the cards and stuff this year and Christmas presents. You guys blew our minds with all the generosity that you all gave us. Well, I had a sheet that had mine. But what I put down, what I want, what I want to happen during my 21 day, I sat down and worked on it for like a half a day in prayer yesterday. Because I'm serious about this. Is I, I put number one, I want to get closer to God. I want to get closer to God than I've ever been. You may not think that's a big deal, but it is, to me, that's where it all starts. The second thing is I put, I really want to care 
about the perishing. <coughs> I really want to care about people that are going to hell. Because sometimes I get where I don't even care. I, I pass them by, I get in my world, and guys, if we was honest, a lot of us probably don't even care. I want to where every day I am caring that people are going to hell without Jesus. And to me, and then my third one is I want to love God's people passionately. I'm not one of those pastors that sticks a smile on and says, oh, I love you, I love you, I pray for you. That's a bunch of BS, in my opinion, that a lot of pastors do. I, I think that's a bunch of bull that a lot of pastors do. They aren't praying for you. And they really, to me, you, we need to ask God to give us love for each other. Ask God for his love. Ask God for his hearts. Another thing is, is I, my health, I've, I'm going to get a hold of, of my health this year. I, I'm going to get a hold of, of eating right. You guys have heard me say it for years. I, I never have got it yet. But you can't give up. I'm going to, if you're getting, I'm 49. Guys, we got to be health conscious. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We need to be health conscious. I, I don't want, I want to be able to play with my grandkids. I want to be able to go on missions trips and be able to walk. Are you all with me? I don't want my health to hold me back. So what, and then uh, uh, what fast will you do? Take your book, figure out which fast you're going to do. Carmen and I talked about what she's going to do. Talked about what I'm going to do. And then I put what, notice it changes to, to boxes. What will my 21 day awakening it may be 30 days. It may be 40 days. But what will your awakening look like? Here's what I want to challenge you with. I want to challenge every person. I want to challenge every person today to mark that box that says, I will start my day with prayer. And if you don't know how to pray, it's in the book. Just read the book. Every day, I'll start my day. Don't exit if you're not going to do it. But I want everybody to grab your card. There's pencils in front of you. But mark that box. I will, for 21 days, I will start my day with daily prayer. Okay? And then number two. Where do I put my glasses? Down there? Number two. Thank you, Bob. Number two is a daily personal devotion. I'll do that daily. I want to give you one more resource. How many have version on your phones? Everybody know what version is? You can go on version and hit plans. And there's a jillion 21-day fast plans. There's a jillion on there. Take that for your daily devotion. That Stovall Weems book, say you can't get that book. If you'll go in version, if you'll go in version. And write 21 Day Awakening, Stovall Weems. He even has the 21 Day Devotional on version. So if you want to start today and you're like, well, I don't have that book. Go on version, and you've got the 21 Day. It's still not as good as the book, but it's better than nothing. Okay? So daily, two, can you mark that daily personal devotion? And then three, things that I'm fasting or given up. That's when you're choosing your fast, food. Some Carmen and I are going to give up TV. We're going to give up TV. That's what we did last year. 
So instead of at night sitting down watching TV, we go and play cards together or we visit or we um, read the Bible or something. We put TV down. Millennials, young people, I challenge you to give up social media. Um, give up social media. Older people, give up social media. Um, I mean, that's a fast. Give up social media for a week. Uh, I think that's what my daughter Logan's going to do. Uh, caffeine, video gaming, uh, sugar, etc. You can fill it in. What are you going to give up through the fast? And then, um, so mark that, uh, that you'll do that. And then the next one is fill in the fasting calendar. That's page 42 and 43 in your book. And then I will commit the Sabbath day each week to the Lord. Just coming on Sunday and being a part of this. Okay, will you check that one? And then I will be, that those last two, I will commit to be in a prayer pocket weeks two and three. Here's how we're going to amp it up. This week, all I'm wanting you to do this week is get your personal prayer going, your daily devotional going, and get in your fast zone. Is that clear? This week, personal prayer, daily devotion, get in your fast zone. Get zoned in on fasting. That's all we're trying to do this week. Next week, you're going to hear a sermon that's going to excite you. It's going to excite you next week. We're going to come in. We're going to have fasting under a belt. We've been praying all week. How many see it already happening? Been praying all week. Been reading my Bible. Haven't done that in years. Coming in, I've got a different excitement. I'm already starting to get the effects because the fasting's kicking in. All right, the next week, we're going to throw in prayer pockets. And what prayer pockets are is we've divided the church, 40, 47 Highway and I-90. And we got northeast, northwest, southeast east and southwest we're going to have about 15 or 20 homes opened up next week not this week this week all we're doing is getting personally in our fast zone praying and reading the next week we want everybody to commit to getting in a prayer fellowship a prayer pocket in your area don't go try to run down your buddy get one right in your area get one right in your area all right, and that, and then next week we're going to pray corporately. I've written a prayer guide for the leaders, and you'll have it in your prayer pocket to where we're going to start praying corporately. Okay, we're going to do Second Chronic. Uh, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, we're going to do that as a body. Okay, you're going to hear that's going to that's going to amp it up. That's going to amp it up, and then the next week we're going to write down. Per, we're going to write faith declarations. Of things we're declaring on the back of your sheets. It's things you're hoping for in 2018. We're going to start declaring these things. By faith and prayer. So the prayer pockets will go two weeks. Okay. That you get in a prayer pocket. And that's, that second week we're going to get into declaring things personally. We're going to get into declaring things over our family. We're going to declare things over our church. We're going to declare things over our community. All right. So here's what's happening. Momentum's everything. This week you start and get personally in the zone. I'm reading, I'm praying, I'm fasting. Next week you get a sermon that's going to make you even more excited. And you're getting in fellowship that next week, all of us. And then, the, then we're hitting another sermon after that. 
We're, we're amping it up. And then that third week, we're going back to our prayer pockets. We're declaring in faith the, thing, the kingdom of God is coming to this earth. We've been fasting for 14 days. We're seeing the effects of that. We're getting spiritually awake and excited. We can't even hardly contain it. I'm telling you, it'll happen. And then we end off. Oh, the message the Lord gave me for that week is preparing for the shout. So not next week, but the next week, the Lord's burning a message where, that, where it's called preparing for the shout. And that week, you've been fasting 14 days. All week, you're preparing like they walked around Jericho seven days. You're preparing for the shout. And then that next Sunday, Randy Roos is going to be here, and he's going to preach Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night. And if the revival is going like I think it is, we can get him Wednesday and Thursday. I'm telling you guys, there is a spiritual awakening. Father, we thank you for the direction. And Lord, I pray that here's the altar call today, is participation. Lord, I pray that 100% as a church, that we'll grab these cards and we'll mark Man, I'm starting my prayer. I'm starting my daily devotion. I'm finding my fast. I'm getting in my fast zone this week. I'm filling in my calendar. I'm committing. I'll be at church next week. I will be here next week. I'm committing that to the Lord. And then that next week, I'm adding that prayer pocket. And I'm keeping with my prayer, my fasting, my devotion. I'm gaining momentum and energy. And then that third week, I'm preparing for the shout and for the breakthrough. I'm declaring the kingdom of God and change in my life that last week. And then when Randy Roos comes in, my goodness, this, we're going to boil over with enthusiasm and filled with the Spirit and touching of the community in Jesus' name. Let's stand to our feet today. <coughs> Amen. That's what was on my heart to do today on the preaching. Um, The way we're going to end this service is grab books, take your cards with you, bring these books each week. And if anybody needs prayer for anything, we've got prayer people that's going to come to the front. And also we have communion to start out with. So, Father, we thank you for this day. We bless this people, and we make a commitment. Here's the altar call, is make that commitment today. Make that commitment to this spiritual awakening in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. As the prayer team comes, you all are dismissed in the Lord. Please feel free to take communion.